Okay, so anyone who knows me, and honestly, at this point, anyone who listens to the podcast, because I guess we've just (laughs) gotten real close around here, knows that I do not wear bras. And like, that's not some sort of an over-exaggeration. You can ask any of my friends. I truly do not ever wear bras. However, there have recently been some circumstances where like, I just have to. I've been saying yes to more things. I feel like we've been going to more events and there are just some outfits. I got to do it. And when I tell you I have finally found a bra that makes wearing one bearable. Like I'm never going to be an everyday bra wearer. It's not in the cars for me. But when I have to, the only bras I can wear are skims, which I'll get into the specific ones in a second, but we all know this comes as no surprise. Like I have been an OG diehard skims fan since day one. I am a fan of every single product they make. You know the way I feel about the underwear, the clothes, all of it. But now adding bras to the mix, specifically the Fits Everybody t-shirt bra, because You guys know the way I feel about the Fits Everybody collection. I could talk about that for forever, but specifically the t-shirt bra, it's just so comfortable. I don't know, the straps don't dig into you. It's probably the only bra I've ever worn where when I get home, I'm not like dying to take it off, which I cannot express how massive of a feat that is for someone like me. It's just comfortable and it just does what it needs to do. And I am such a fan, which like no surprise, I love everything Skims makes, but here to confirm the bras are as good as you would think that they are. Shop Skims Bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A through 46H. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. Hi guys, I'm Emma. And I'm Julie. And we're the girls behind Comments by Celebs. And what a week this oh has been. Oh my God. You guys, there's a lot to get into today, is there not? You know what's funny is that every time I feel like it's not a busy week, it ends up being a busy week. Like when I was making the outline over the weekend, I was like, oh, kind of light. And then when I redid it last night to like add things, I was like, holy fuck, this is the busiest week. I know. Also, full disclosure, as we were walking into the studio to record, Kevin, Joe, and Nick all uploaded the TikTok to Instagram, the TikTok of them doing the scene from Camp Rock. So we were going to wait to start the podcast to wait for a good comment. But you know what? We're just like, fuck it. If it happens, we'll just ha- do it live. I will try not to be too distracted while I wait for it. I know. it's uh, Right now we have Catherine Foster and Wilmer, Wilmer Valderrama, but we want to wait. We're like praying in an ideal world for Demi Lovato. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. I, I, I'm, I want a Sophie Turner. I was going to say, I would settle for a Sophie Turner comment. you know comment. the thing about Sophie Turner is when she comments, it's not just an LOL. She gives good comments. We were sitting here like, should we just do Catherine McPhee just to do it, just to get it out of the way? And then we're like, no, we don't do it based on the post. We do it based on the comments. So we're trying to be patient, but I just want to warn everyone that may happen. We'll try to keep the mics running so that it can happen live. I also want to tell everyone before we start that also, as we were walking into the studio, we found out that we were nominated for a Shorty Award, which like, what? It's crazy. So shortywords.com slash comments by, please vote for us. That would be the craziest thing ever. Please. I, I get a I get a DM from another meme account that we're friends with, like, congratulations on the nomination. And I texted Julian as well. I was like, what? None of us had any idea. When I saw a DM come through, I was like, I was like, is he fucking with us? I was like, are you lying? So anyway, thank Which you. Which I guess would be a really weird thing to lie about, like an oddly specific lie. Yeah. But So thank you to the Shorty Awards and please vote for us. That would be amazing. We'll put it on our story with swipe ups throughout the week. I kind of want to win. We never care about winning, but I kind of want to win, right? <laughs> kind of want to win. <laughs> yeah, that would make sense. Okay, a lot to get into today. We have a whole Royals update. We have Pete Davidson, Kai Gerber, Rihanna, Vanessa Hutchins breakup, Gigi Hadid, Beyonce. When you say Rihanna, I get a chill down my spine. A lot. We got Paris Hilton, uh, Jonas Brothers. I mean, Megan Megan Kim and uh, Jim Edmonds. A lot happening. But 
first. This wasn't initially on the outline, but in light of Monday's episode, I just wanted to quickly touch on this. So as you guys know, Monday we did a whole SAG Awards breakdown, and a large portion of our episode was really dedicated to a mini Jen Aniston, Brad Pitt deep dive. And one of the things that we said in the episode was we made the comparison to Jen and Brad's cheating scandal to Beyonce and Jay-Z's in the sense that, you know, we almost felt that Brad Pitt was easier to forgive at the time than Jay-Z was because potentially partially, Jennifer didn't feed into it as much as Beyonce did. Meaning Beyonce uploaded, you know, released an entire Lemonade album that was her creative expression. And in it, it kind of got us all riled up. And even though the outcome was amazing and we all kind of got behind them again, in the process, we were involved in that scandal. Could you say that that's true? Right. And what we were saying is that at the time, Jennifer didn't really do that. She was, you know, her, her, and not that Beyonce was bashing Jay-Z by any means, but Jennifer's creative expression had nothing to do with the cheating scandal. So it was a little bit less, I guess, um, I feel like she didn't rally the troops as much as Beyonce did in a way. Right, and I don't even think that was Beyonce's intention was to rally the troops because obviously that's so not Beyonce. But it was kind of like because we were being given this information and because we were being taken on this emotional journey, we felt like we were right alongside with her. Whereas, you know, when it was Jen and Brad and everything, we were more invested in the actual story playing out itself rather than I think the individual characters. Exactly. And I think that, you know, now— we're so much more invested in the people themselves. You know, Jen being on Instagram, we feel a deeper connection. The age of social media. So it's very different, you know, 2004 versus now. Absolutely. So what the what I wanted to say was that a couple people messaged us and were like, no, you guys are forgetting the fact that, you know, Jen did speak to the press and she did some interviews, which we totally know she did. We, I guess I wanted to just clarify. We weren't saying that she didn't. I, I was just saying, you know, you can't compare it to releasing an entire album. But... I kind of wanted to just jog everyone's memory as to two really memorable things. So in 2005, in her first interview since the divorce, it was with Vanity Fair and it was entitled The Unsinkable Jennifer Aniston. And there were two quotes that she said. One is, there's a sensitivity chip that's missing in regards to Brad. I just don't know what happened. I feel as if I'm trying to scrounge around and pick up the pieces in the midst of this media circus. She also said, it's sad, something coming to an end. It cracks you open in a way, cracks you open to feeling. When you try to avoid the pain, it creates greater pain. I'm a human being having a human experience in front of the world. I wish it weren't in front of the world. I try really hard to rise above it. And a lot of people were referencing that as, you know, saying like, no, Jen did speak to the media. Totally, she did. We weren't saying she was silent, but it was just different. And I think that's what we were trying to say. Exactly. I also want to read their initial divorce statement in 2005, which I have not read this since— Since 2005, probably, yeah. Okay, this was Brad Pitt and Jennifer Aniston's divorce statement. We would like to announce that after seven years together, we've decided to formally separate. For those who follow these sorts of things, we would like to explain that our separation is not the result of any of the speculation reported by the tabloid media. The decision is the result of much thoughtful consideration. This was to People Magazine, by the way. We happily remain committed and caring friends with great love and admiration for one another. We ask in advance for your kindness and sensitivity in the coming months. So yes, she did some press around this, but it was never to the magnitude. You can't compare the press that Jennifer Aniston did right after the divorce to Beyonce releasing an album. Well, the other thing with Beyonce releasing an album is that it came so far after the fact. So it was like you kind of had the speculation building for probably years. Like I, I think it was two or three years before an album actually came out confirming it. So 
you got riled up because she had this album, but also because it's two years of feelings that you were unsure about that finally you were confirmed. So that was part of it. Um, and the other thing with Brad Pitt and, and Jennifer Aniston, the whole thing, it really was handled with like such a high level of sensitivity, I think, from both sides. Um, but what was I just going to say? I like can't remember where I'm going with things. It was handled with a different level of sensitivity, I think. Um, but things were different then. Like, you didn't have the same sort of statements being released. Everything was through a publicist. Everything was through something. So the speculation and all of these things that happened with Beyonce and Jay-Z when they were getting divorced and all of the videos, it was amplified by social media that you just didn't have then. Exactly. So it's like everybody else expressing their feelings, all these things. When you're dealing with the Jennifer Aniston and Brad Pitt divorce, it was so long ago that, yeah, that you were getting so much from everybody, but it was only people in your circle that you were having conversations with or magazines that you were reading. It's not like you're going through your Twitter feed and seeing a million other people just as crazed about it as you were. Yeah, I mean, I was just thinking if this was now, the way that that would have been released, like potentially would they have pulled a Justin Timberlake no, no, no. It would never have been a note. I'm just saying. It, it would have been through a publicist, probably. I can't imagine a scenario in which somebody of that caliber would have released a statement not through a publicist. It's just, it's just interesting to think that I would say that, you know, Jennifer Aniston and Brad Pitt, assuming he was on Instagram, are probably two of the only celebrities that could have withstand the test of time in the sense that in 2005 they were releasing it via publicist and in 2020 they would be releasing it via publicist, yeah. whereas most people would make that transition to Instagram. I mean, they've also stood the test of time of people still caring caring, and rooting for them to get back together or get, rooting for them not to get back together. Since the, our episode on Monday, and by the way, this is Tuesday night that we're recording this, the amount of just pick up the amount of everything from that, yeah, from that was just insane. I was having a conversation last night where I was like, it would just be the most full circle moment if they ever got back together, like in history. Like, if Brad and Angelina, I mean, if Brad and Jen got back together and then like the world ceased to exist as we know it after that, it would be the perfect ending. Like, if we start a time of human existence with Adam and Eve and ended with Brad and Jen, it would Could be perfect. Imagine? It could round it out and I would be happy with that. Did you see someone DM'd us and said, do you think that we're also invested in this because of the Friends plotline? No, I think we're so invested in it because this was, I think this was the biggest moment in pop culture. But don't you think that that's an interesting inbox? It's not, but I'm just wondering if people, like if anybody feels that way, that in addition to their kind of connection to Jennifer, also the connection to Rachel and Ross. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think that, yeah, I think it was just that this story has been so iconic and so discussed and never forgotten about for the past 16 years. That's unbelievable. And I think that, I don't know what the reason is. I think maybe because it was the biggest deal at the time and those those people have never stopped being a big deal to us. I don't know. Somebody tweeted and they were like, the, the internet is every kid who wants their parents to get back together after a divorce. It's exactly what it is. Anyway, I just wanted to clarify that. Okay, we are going to start with the Royals update. So, when we left off last week, what happened was the royal family, Harry, Prince William, and Queen Elizabeth, they were set to meet to discuss Harry and Meghan's plans. We didn't know anything else. That was, we hadn't gotten an official statement from the queen. We got a statement from the palace, but we didn't really hear from her directly. It's just the queen and Jennifer Aniston out here posting yeah. statements from their publicists. That, just the two of them. Everyone else is on a notes app. It's just Jennifer Aniston and the queen. Yep. So after their meeting, Queen Elizabeth released a statement that said, Following many months of conversations and more recent discussions, I am pleased that together we have found a constructive and supportive way forward for my grandson and his family. Harry, Meghan, and Archie will always be much-loved members of my family. 
I recognize the challenges they have experienced as a result of intense scrutiny over the last two years and support their wish for a more independent life. I want to thank them all for their dedicated work across this country, the Commonwealth, and beyond, and I'm particularly proud of how Megan has so quickly become one of the family. It is my whole family's hope that today's agreement allows them to start building a happy and peaceful new life. I mean, this was like the most, the best statement we could have ever gotten. I wouldn't expect anything else. There was no negative statement that was ever being put out. Um, I didn't think that it was going to be negative, but I didn't necessarily think it was going to be this, quote, warm. She could have said what she said with a lot less descriptive words. She didn't have to give a special shout out to Megan. I'm so glad she did and Megan deserves it. I'm just saying. A lot of this comes from, first of all, it's always been kind of a thing that Elizabeth and Harry have a really special bond. Um, and I think that Elizabeth, Queen Elizabeth, sorry. I'm just calling her Elizabeth out here. Did you just first name her? I just first named her. That's like literally (laughs) illegal in Britain. I I think that's like a life sentence in Britain if you first name her. (laughs) I think that Queen Elizabeth and Harry have always had a really special close bond, especially since Princess Diana died. And I think that her having that knowledge and the comparison between the media and the way they are with them and the media the way they were with Diana was enough for her to kind of be like, okay, this has to be handled with the highest level of sensitivity, and I understand where they're coming from. Absolutely. So what we know, based on the agreement, and listen, I know Elizabeth Holmes isn't here to break it down with us, so we're really doing our best, but we did research this a lot. So they will apparently no longer receive public funds for royal duties. They can no longer formally represent the queen, but they've made it very clear that everything they do will kind of continue to uphold the values, you know, her values. They will not use their, her royal highness, his royal highness titles, which... There was a lot of confusion about this. I think it just means they they technically still have them. They just won't use them. That was my right. best understanding of it. Also, they plan to repay um, the sovereign grant expenditures for the, refer- for the refurbishment of Frogmore Cottage, which will still be their UK family home. And then, in a quote, Buckingham Palace does not comment on the details of security arrangements. The, there are well-established independent processes to determine the need for publicly funded security. Because that was everyone's question. It was like, okay, fine. If they're going to be, quote, independent, they're going to be paying for their own security, which just seems astronomical. That is one that I'm really interested in. Well, the other discussion also is that, you know, the need for security is honestly at an all-time high, especially with them being in Canada and how how quickly the L.A. paparazzi and the L.A. media would have access to them. That need for security is so much higher because when you're in London and you're doing that, there's really, even though the media is so harsh on them and so attacking, there's really specific protocols about what access they have and who can take pictures and who's allowed at what events. If they're going out for coffee, if they're doing something because they want to maintain this normal life in somewhere other than England, then those protocols no longer exist because it's not the British media anymore. No, it's like they're really kind of out in the wild in a way. Also, I'm not going to read this whole speech, but I really would I really would urge everybody to look it up and watch him speak. So Prince Harry spoke about this for the first time um, on Sunday at a private dinner in London for his charity, um, Centibale, I think that's how you say it. And I'm going to read a couple of quotes, and then I'm, I, I promise I won't read the whole thing. And if you've already listened to it, just fast forward this, but I really think that it's important. He says, before I begin, I must say that I can only imagine what you may have heard or perhaps read over the past few weeks. So I want you to hear the truth from me. As much as I can share, not as a prince or a duke, but as Harry, the same person that many of you have watched grow up over the past 35 years, but now with a clearer perspective. Oh, God. 
I just love him. I want to read this whole thing, but I won't. I know. It's so long. It's, I like. I knew that when I put it in, you were going to be like, oh, can we just read all of it? Because it's so good. Um, he bas- I'll read a couple more things. He said, I also know that you've come to know me well enough over all these years to trust that the woman I choose as my wife upholds the same values as I do, and she does. And she's the same woman I fell in love with. We both do everything we can to fly the flag and carry out our roles for this country with pride. Once Megan and I were married, we were excited, we were hopeful, and we were here to serve. For those reasons, it brings me great sadness that it has come to this. The decision that I have made for my wife and I to step back is not one I made lightly. It was so many months of talks after so many years of challenges. And I know I haven't always gotten it right, but as far as this goes, there really was no other option. What I want to make clear is we're not walking away, and we certainly aren't walking away from you. Our hope was to continue serving the Queen, the Commonwealth, and my military associations, but without public funding. Unfortunately, that wasn't possible. I've accepted this knowing it doesn't change who I am or how committed I am, but I hope it helps you understand what it had to come to, that I would step my family back from all I've ever known to take a step forward into what I can be, into what can be a more peaceful life. Wow. I have to read this next paragraph. I literally have to. You have to. It's That's so what I'm good. saying. There's nothing that you cannot read. I know. It's so fucking good. Okay. If, again, just fast forward if you don't hear it. I was born into this life, and it is a great honor to serve my country and the queen. When I lost my mom 23 years ago, you took me under your wing. You looked after me for so long, but the media is a powerful force. And my hope is one day our collective support for each other can be more powerful, because this is so much bigger than just us. It has been our privilege to serve you, and we will continue to lead a life of service. So in that respect, nothing changes. It has also been a privilege to meet so many of you and to feel your excitement for our son, Archie, who saw snow for the first time the other day and thought it was bloody brilliant. I will always have the utmost respect for my grandmother, my commander-in-chief, and I'm incredibly grateful to her and the rest of my family for the support they have shown Megan and I over the last few months. I will continue to be the same man who holds his country dear and dedicates his life to supporting the causes, charities, and military communities that are so important to me. Together, you have given me an education about living, and this role has taught me more about what is right and just than I could have ever imagined. We are taking a leap of faith, so thank you for giving me the courage to take this next step. I know. I know. Wow. He is, I mean, I obviously watched him say it, but just reading it, I, I, I've i always really liked him. And oh, my I, God. I wish them the best. I don't know. The, the first paparazzi pictures of them in Canada surfaced a couple of days ago, and it was the first time that I've seen Megan actually happy, it felt like. Yeah, I think so, too. It was like she needed this so badly for her soul. Yeah, I mean, it was suffocating her there. It really was. And, and something that he makes really clear in this— speech was that this was his decision. I was about and to that say. And that's a really, really, I mean, whether you choose to believe it or not, and others, you know, the skeptics will always say that it wasn't, but I think it was really, really important for her, him to make that clarification. It was a huge distinction that he needed to make. I also just have to say, and I don't even want to give this en- any energy because I find it so disgusting, but Megan's dad, who you guys know is totally estranged from her, Thomas, he spoke out about this decision um, in a clip from Channel 5 documentary, Thomas Markle, My Story. And I'm just reading this quote because it's just, this is like one of the greatest long-living institutions ever. They are destroying it. They are cheapening it. They're making it shabby. They are turning it into a Walmart with a crown on it now. It is something that is ridiculous. They shouldn't be doing this. Every young girl wants to become a princess, and she got that, and now she's tossing that away. I hate this guy. I really can't even, like— What an asshole. Like, I'm sorry. What an asshole. Well, that's been the whole thing. And also— I mean, there's so many things. First off, he's the one to talk about class. This is one of the most classless motherfuckers I've ever seen. He was he was spotted selling paparazzi, pe- selling no, photos to the paparazzi. Everything I he can't. does is like, it's just so disgusting. And 
I can't. The fact that people even, like, take the time of day to, like, listen to him is just beyond me. Say what you want about Megan. We happen to like her, but say what you want about her. You can't you can't look me in the eye and tell me that you think her dad has any has any right to be speaking about this at all. I'm sorry. I just find it to be repulsive. And maybe that's me taking into account my own relationship with my dad and how he would never do such a thing, but most still. Most dads would. Most your, normal Your people. role as a parent is to support your child's decision no matter what. Yeah. You can't go, especially something like this. You're going to go and say, first of all, how do you have more loyalty to a country that, is, that isn't even yours than to your own daughter? It's just beyond. Okay, moving on to Rihanna. You didn't even want to discuss my, um, my discussion question at the end? No. Oh. You're skipping over your homework. Discussion. Is there a world where, theoretically, Archie could live out the plot of The Princess Diaries? Is there? I mean, yeah. It would, it would no. See, it's not that easy. It would involve combining the plot of my other favorite movie, the Hannah Montana movie, where the entire town in Vancouver would have to take an oath of silence and agree not to tell Archie That's that so he's a true. prince. Yeah. Every time Julie's high, she freaks out about the fact that the entire town in, Hannah, in the Hannah Montana movie never told anyone. Yeah, and that could happen here. Yeah, you never know. So after three years of dating, Rihanna and her boyfriend Hassan Jamil have broken up. Just as a refresher, they started dating in 2017, and really, we know basically nothing. Everything with them has been so unbelievably private, right? Like, we never knew Beyond. Anything. Beyond. So— We've seen pictures. That's kind of it. Last year, in 2018, the only time she kind of really spoke about it was during an interview with Sarah Paulson, who was her Ocean's 8 co-star, in Interview Magazine, and she said, I got into a new relationship, and it matters to me. I was like, I need to make time for this. Just like I nurture my businesses, I need to nurture this as well. I'll shut things down for two days, three days at a time. On my calendar, we now have the infamous P, which means personal days. This is a new thing. I like that a lot. Very important. Very important. So then she was spotted hanging out with Drake and ASAP Rocky at the Yams Day charity show at Barclays Center in Brooklyn. Of course, everybody ran with that, saying her and Drake are back. Her and ASAP Rocky dated also. Yeah, I know, but people were more interested. They seemed to be more interested in her reunion with Drake. I don't know what to tell you about that. It would be the craziest thing ever. They're not getting back I together. I don't think so, but it would be the craziest thing They're ever. They're not. Her and Rocky could, though, but her and Drake aren't. I mean, listen, obviously I, I want that, but it's not going to happen. I just know you it's know, not. we haven't spoken about ASAP Rocky in a while after the whole— <laughs> Speak for yourself. <laughs> no, I mean, ser- remember that whole thing? Yeah, I mean, he's been kind of quiet since, since his little the whole sex thing. No, since the sex tape I'm oh, talking about. Oh, the sex tape. Oh, I did forget and about that. He got criticized for his dick game. Like, we just yeah, forgot Rihanna's about Yeah, not that. getting back to that's what, that's what I was about to say. That sex tape was the worst thing that ever happened to him. Okay. Moving on no, to— No, the worst thing that ever happened to him was the sex tape in conjunction with the baby picture. Yes. That was— Yeah, the fact that baby's news get released at the same time. Yeah, that was— I mean, who can compete? No one. I, I, literally, by the way, no one. Truly. Like, no one. Yeah, maybe Shaq. So, in other breakup news, Vanessa, Vanessa Hutchins and Austin Butler have broken up, which this was really shocking and really saddening to a lot of people. I have to be honest in saying I was never as personally invested in this I couple. I didn't realize I was either. But, God damn, it was, they've been together for eight years, which is a really, really long time for anyone, but specifically for Hollywood. And it's interesting because a couple of weeks ago, someone DM'd us and was like, by the way, what do you guys think? They've been kind of quiet on social media, no pictures. But that same day, there was a Cosmo article where she did an interview and she talked about her relationship. There was no—as recently as a month ago, she was talking about it. So this came as a surprise to a lot of people. Yes. Right? But it's such a surprise because there was never—I don't know. Everyone was really invested in them, and they're also so adorable together that they've been together for eight years. 
It's a long time. It's a long fucking time to then just break up. People, are people saying, think they could get back together though. People think that it's because of long distance. I have to say though, and I don't know if this was a conscious effort or if she just was feeling a little bit more giddy. I don't know. Vanessa Hutchins has been really, really active on social media. The last couple of weeks, she's been commenting on everything. You've noticed it, right? Yeah, yeah very. And I don't Especially know- Especially since this news that's broke. What I, no, that's what my thing is. I don't know if that was her way of being like, guys, I'm fine. Yeah. You well, know what she I mean? did go to the premiere right after. She had her own movie premiere that she went to right after, you know, stepping out alone. So I don't know. It was just— I think she just— I didn't see it coming. I think that's what it is. I don't even know if it's that I was—I I wasn't invested in it. I was just shocked by it. Yeah. I think she just doesn't want the narrative to be like, poor me, poor Vanessa kind of thing. No, of course not. Yeah. So I know we're all kind of operating at a different skill level when it comes to makeup. Like, I have some friends who they do their makeup and it looks like they got it professionally done. I have others who know nothing about any products. And then I would say I'm somewhere in the middle, like by no means am I very skilled, but I think I can hold my own. And in terms of my everyday, I'm just doing mascara, lip gloss, and maybe a little bit of highlighter on my inner corner. So if I'm only using a few products, I need them to be excellent. And I've recently been very into the Thrive Cosmetics mascara, which I'll tell you about in a second, but just in general, a note on the company For every product purchase, Thrive Cosmetics donates products and funds to help communities thrive, which I just love knowing that I'm buying from a company that does that. And in terms of their mascara, so it's the Liquid Lash Extensions Mascara. You guys have seen that. It's the viral turquoise tube. I've saw it all over social media before I ever started using it. And it's a unique formula that creates tubes around each eyelash to lengthen them. It's also super easy to remove. So it slides right off with warm water. It doesn't leave smudges. And the ingredients are really nourishing. So they support longer, stronger, and healthier looking lashes over time. It really just gets the job done. Like you will see what I mean when you try it. Refresh your everyday look with Thrive Cosmetics, luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 10% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com slash CBC. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash CBC for 10% off your first order. Okay, also, Gigi Hadid in this Harvey Weinstein jury duty. I can't believe this is even a story. I cannot believe it. So I know you guys remember this. Last Monday, she was selected as a potential juror in the Harvey Weinstein case after telling the judge that she she thought she could be impartial and keep an open mind on the facts, which just simply how? I can't believe she said that. I know. Not that that it's a bad thing to say. I just can't believe she wouldn't have been like, what's the one thing that can get me out of jury duty real quick? Yeah, she she clearly was just as invested. Like, she's just as invested in this case as, I guess, the rest of us. She had to have known there's no way she was ever going to be picked. She has such a close relationship to, like, so many people who are— you know, with accusations against him. Anyway, so the following Thursday, she was officially dismissed. And also, as of Thursday, the jury was officially selected. And Gigi is not on that, but goddamn. That would be the craziest thing ever. It would. One of my friends was was on the—she got taken in, and she was on the jury. She was like, holy fuck, I can't believe it. She got dismissed, obviously, but— Could you imagine? Well, she was saying that, like, they kind of asked who felt that they could be impartial— and everyone said that they couldn't. And I think they thought for a really long time that they were going to have a really big issue finding a jury. Because this is one of those stories that everybody knows about, everyone has an opinion about, everyone is invested in. So to find somebody who not only thinks that they can be impartial, but also hasn't been swayed one way or the other by the news or hasn't heard so much that it would, you know what I mean? It's it's impossible. Well, that's what we were saying last week. It's like, can being impartial and having a moral compass coexist? And I know you said yes, because there were some people that could really just have such an intense understanding of the law. But for your average person, I think it's really hard. No, it is really hard. You know? 
Okay, moving on. I'm not saying this is breaking news. I just felt like I needed to talk to, like, talk about it with someone, which is this whole Pete Davidson situation. I want to just say, I know all of us, or a lot of us, watch the Daily Mail Snapchat stories, and I know that they're really entertaining. Listen, I'm guilty of it too. But goddamn, these people could not be crueler to this man. No. They, it's, yeah. There was a picture of him, I guess, from this week that surfaced of him back in Staten Island. And in the picture, he's clearly, like, mid-cough, which nobody looks good mid-cough. I'm sorry. You can be, like, what? And it's like— a disheveled and distraught Pete Davidson seen out. It's like, fuck you guys. Like, no also, wonder. Also, this guy is literally out seeking treatment. Yes, no wonder he wants to be so removed from social media and from the media because they're so mean to him. No, they're awful to him. They really are. Continuously. Continuously. It's like they're rooting for him specifically to fail. And so in regards to him and Kaya, if you guys remember, they split around Christmas time. And the pictures that we saw, the last pictures were— Cindy Crawford and Randy Gerber, Kaya's parents, outside of Pete's apartment, having this very heated conversation. Of course, we don't know what was happening. Of course, all of the articles said, like, uh, onlookers heard them yelling about Pete and about his mental state and about how, like, terrible he looked and how they didn't want Kaya there, whatever. We don't know what actually happened, but one could assume that that's what it was, let's just say. So, most recently in the same article, the headlines are, you know, Kaya Gerber whisked away by parents from harmful Pete Davidson. Like, as if this guy—I'm sorry. I'm not saying they were the perfect match, but as if he's not going through enough. I get so personally affected by it for some reason. Same, obviously. Well, yeah, you obviously do. And, by the way, in this same article, I don't know if you saw, in addition to these terrible pictures of Pete, the last picture is Kaya looking literally stunning at, like, some premiere. Like, the juxtaposition of the two was just no, so intentional. No, of course. It's intentional. so deliberate and so intentional. And, I, and this is not the first time that media has done that or that the Daily Mail has done that. I think it's something that they've, you know, done for a while where it's, you're, you know, you're talking about somebody, you choose the worst picture of them and the best picture of somebody else. But, I mean— this is a kid, like Pete, let's talk about it. Like Pete Davidson is a kid. He's so young still, who is consistently going through so much and has spoken so openly about it in the hopes that like, not only that the media kind of goes easier on him or that gives him, you know, some, I don't want to say sympathy because that's not the right word, but understanding, respect, respect whatever, <laughs> but also for the sake of other people. And they just continue to beat him down. I don't know how—listen, I, I understand at the core of it is people's jobs, but at the same time, like, I don't know how you can feel good about that. But Some don't you reporters, feel like it's specifically him? That's what I'm saying. Like, don't you feel like when other people, you know, are seeking treatment, all of these other things, the, the media now tends to be very understanding towards those people, and Pete Davidson somehow seems to be the exception to that. For some reason, I don't know if they feel that he's an easy target. I don't know if they feel that because of his humor, he's— you know, it's, he's, quote, fair game because he makes it, like, light of it. I don't know what it is, but it's really not okay. And I, I mean, and I, for and one. And I, for one, will not stand, stand for it. Yeah, that's how I feel. It's like I almost, like, listen, I'm still going to read the Daily Mail Snapchat. It's highly entertaining, but that just so upset me because he's clearly working on it. And listen, Pete and Kaya were never going to last. It was fun for us anyway, but, like, do we have to blame the entire thing on this, on him? Like, they were just never going to last. Let them have their fling. Let it be over. Forget about it. I can't wait to see who he dates next. Me too. Okay. Beyonce Ivy Park. Yes. Let's discuss, shall we? Shall we? Yes. Okay. So Beyonce comes out with her Ivy Park Adidas collab, and it sells out in less than a day. In addition to this press package, which was, I mean, quite literally what dreams are made of. No, it was, there were three different ones. So there was the, the, the giant one that everybody saw that was like literally a wardrobe. And then she did a trunk and then a smaller one. 
And it was really funny because I think it was Yashar Ali tweeted and said something along the lines of, if you want to understand the influence that Beyonce has, look at her press packages because normally people who got a smaller press package wouldn't post it. Like they would be so offended that they didn't get the biggest one that they wouldn't post it. And he basically was like, every single person who released the, who got a press package, regardless of the size, posted it immediately on social media. And that is the best way to understand the influence Beyonce has. It's really, really, really true. And then, of course, there were the Reese Witherspoons of the world that got the full thing and did a whole— I mean, listen, it's one thing to post about something in a story, fine. But for someone like Reese Witherspoon to make an IGTV truly just about a press box, that is next level. Like, I'm not to sound so, like— 2000, like 2020, but truly, that's crazy. To post an IGTV about someone's press box, you have to be so fucking famous. Well, also, you have to have a press box that really brings it. That's what I'm saying. I mean, she sent a fucking, who sends a fucking wardrobe? But anybody else would be, oh, like the headlines would be over the top. Like, who do they think they are? Whereas Beyonce, it's like, yeah, that makes sense. Yep, Yep. understood. Checks all the boxes. Which, by the way, she Instagrammed yesterday with a caption, which she never does, like just thanking everyone for how successful the launch was. And slide two was this video of her dancing. I have watched a that million video and seven times. a million yeah, of times. Of course. If you've been listening for a while, you know that when Julie made me watch the Homecoming documentary was when my entire world changed in terms of Beyonce. And I'm really, I'm on board now. That's my girl. Want to talk about the Jonas Brothers? Oh my God. The music video was excellent. Oh my God. Oh my God. God, was it so good. It was so good. I mean, I remember, when was it when we did our episode and the, and the title was like, the Jonas Brothers are back and they have sex or like, this when just in. they first come back, yeah. Or like, <laughs> this just in, the Jonas Brothers have sex because it was something that they did that was so kind of sexualized. Not saying that this was, but. Well, it was because that tweet went viral also. It, yeah. And this was just, I don't know. I, I was so, I was living for it. Basically, what they did was they combined three iconic movies. It was um, Grease, Risky Business, Say Anything. and Say Anything. And they each acted out these scenes. All of their wives were in it, which is a trend for them. And it was just so good. It's amazing. I love the way they incorporate their wives. I love like how down their wives are to be a part of everything and be so fun with it. I thought, you know, and I have been a little bit more critical of Priyanka and Nick in the past, just probably based on their Instagram comments. I thought they were the best part of the music video. And I'm the biggest Joe and Sophie fan in the entire world. Well, I was going to say, you know, yeah, like you said, I think that our thing with Nick and Priyanka is like so happy for them, but everything just seems so calculated and so almost staged in a way. And this just felt really natural and good. Like I enjoyed watching it. Priyanka looked beautiful. She's just. Oh my God. When she turned around. Turned around. Yeah. Oh my God. And Nick's thighs. There's one word girthy. I have never in my life seen thighs like that. Yeah, no, he does not skip leg day. That is a man that does not skip leg day. Let me tell you something. No. The Rock is so proud. Yeah. Right? Those are, those are thighs. Yeah, those are thighs. Those are thighs. Okay. Also, Paris Hilton. Two things. First off, there will be a YouTube original documentary coming out in May called This Is Paris. And the way that it's being described is that it's going to be really a raw, authentic look as to who Paris Hilton really is. And her whole thing is like, this you know, dumb blonde persona that I've been putting on since The Simple Life works totally, but it's not actually me. Which, if you know anything about Paris Hilton, you know that, because there's no way that someone can have this successful of an empire. Listen, I get that she had a head start without having some sort of business sense. I do think that she has some sort of business sense. My thing with Paris Hilton has always been, like, I do think that there's a little bit of an act there, especially the simple life. Like, if you watch her now versus the simple life, there's clearly a difference. 
But it's not like she's going to come out and be this Rhodes Scholar all of a sudden. Like, I think that <laughs> I think that what she thinks she's presenting to the public is so different than what she actually is. When meanwhile, I think it's probably somewhat similar, but she's just much more business minded than people give her credit for. So she said, I was in on the joke. People thought that's who I really was. I've been judged on the character that I created at the beginning of my career, and now I feel like it's really time that people see who the real Paris is. We had this discussion where I was like, I know there's so much more to her, though. Yeah, there has to be. I mean, and then it's like she does the other thing where she did her Cooking with Paris video, which— Genius. No, no, it was the best video I've ever seen in my whole entire life. You guys got to watch it. It's iconic. There was one part where she's like, (laughs) where she's— (laughs) <laughs> where she's putting the noodles in the pan. And she was like, yeah, and I don't know why people say that lasagna. Like, it's so easy to make. But I guess it's not, like, as easy as, like, toast. I'm like, that's your one comparison? She's like, she's like, she's um talking about shredding the mozzarella and she's doing it herself. And she's like, first off, I mean, this is dangerous, which is why I'm wearing gloves. She's wearing full-blown, like, motorcycle, like, leather gloves. And she's like, these are my cooking gloves, which is just hilarious in itself. And then as she's going, she's like, you know, I just have a whole new appreciation for shredded mozzarella. And I was just like, this is the, the whole best time, thing but ever. But the funniest thing is, is that the whole time that she like has, she's like, I usually use shredded mozzarella. I don't know. How, like, why don't you have shredded mozzarella? Like, why didn't you just get it? And what was the other part that was so fucking funny was when she, oh, when she like realizes that she never cut up the garlic or the onion to put in the sauce. And she's like, well, Paris Hilton's lasagna actually doesn't have garlic yeah. and onion. <laughs> it was such improv. It was really funny. You guys I should love watch. her. Chrissy I really, Teigen, she's such an icon. Chrissy tweeted about it and was like, well, no point in anybody making any cooking video ever again. Fifty high school senior girls descend on Mobile, Alabama every summer to compete for a massive cash prize. It isn't Survivor. It's one of America's most lucrative scholarship competitions for teen girls. It's been around for seven decades. Now you'll hear what took place behind the scenes. From Pineapple Street Studios and Wondery comes the competition. Host Shima Oliai was Nevada's contestant 20 years ago. Now she's returning as a judge to find out what two weeks with 50 of the country's most ambitious teens can tell us about girlhood in America. What happens when the competitors are thrown into the deep end with the best and brightest? And how does surviving the competition prepare them for everything that comes after? Follow the competition on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of the competition early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Also, in baby news, Ashley Graham and DJ Khaled's wife both had their babies. So congratulations to both of those. Um, DJ Khaled had a son, which... I was really hoping he was going to have a daughter. He announced it recently that he was having a son. I know, but I was just really, really hopeful for some reason. Obviously, both great and healthy baby, but I don't know. I just felt like, you know, Assad. I just wanted him to have a— He's like his own entity almost. Yeah, I don't know. Okay. We are going to get into the whole Megan Edmonds thing. Uh, Isabel's going to come on, but first we want to do two things. We want to do a little uh, Kourtney Kardashian, David Dobrik discussion. Because you guys— this is okay. When this happened, which I will tell you what happened in a second, our DMs were flooded with people being like, Your guys' prayers were answered. All we have wanted for so long was a greater Kardashian Dobrik collab. We know Kylie's done it, we know Kendall's done it, but we wanted more. And then Mason, David, and Courtney come out with TikToks together. Are you fucking kidding me? Wait, and then by the way, not only do they have a TikTok together, it's discovered that Mason has his own TikTok. The discovery of that was like, I don't even know what to compare it to. From the time we discovered it, though, to the time that we wanted to go back, probably more than half of them were deleted. Yeah. 
which understandable, I guess. Well, he was like, he like said, he like made up a rap about smoking weed in one of them. Not like about smoking weed, it was just like one line and it was just so funny. We're like, who taught Mason about weed? And then we're like, oh, Scott. (laughs) (laughs) I just, um, my mind was blown. Not to sound dramatic, but my mind was really blown. It's like, I know we were naive to think, of course, and of course David was going to get them at some point, of course, but the Courtney Mason David collab was just so amazing. And it was at David's house. Like today, Courtney posted a TikTok, which by the way, if you're still not on TikTok, get the fuck on it, I'm telling you. Posted a TikTok playing with a Nerf gun with her, Harry Hudson and Mason at David's house. Like they just had a play date at David Dobrik's house. What? I don't know. It's like, okay, you know that meme that's like dating me is like biting into a oatmeal raisin cookie and then realizing that it's chocolate chip and then realizing that it's inedible. That's how I felt about these TikToks. It's like being on TikTok and then having David Dobrik and then not only post with Courtney and Mason, but then Mason has his own TikTok and also Mason's trying to make his own version of the hype house in Calabasas with Sophia Pippen. What the fuck? What? What the fuck? You guys, it's so crazy. Also, Julie, can I tell you why this hyped me up to another level? Aside from the fact that I was like, fuck yeah, David, you go. Fuck yeah, TikTok, you go. It was also because what we always talk about, which is potentially the thing we're the most excited for in the entire genre of pop culture is the next generation of Kardashians seeing like in a hypothetical world, you know, Saint Saint and Mason or Saint and Rain take college. This is our first introduction to that. Mason trying to create his own version of the hype house is the closest thing that we have right now to the next generation of Kardashian. You know what I'm saying? I can't believe it. Like, I... <laughs> I literally can't believe it. Like, no, it's probably the cra- it's the craziest thing ever. Isabel's raising her hand. I knew she was like, I know. I, I felt she like was we chomping at the motherfucking bit. Funny. She's like sitting here waiting to come on for another she, story. She, she, like, she also raised her hand again. The only thing I was going to say about these TikToks, my favorite. <laughs> it's already funny that she said the only thing I'm going to say. My Go favorite ahead. part is that we got to see inside their house. Yeah, Mason in his closet that is stacked from top to bottom with Yeezy and Supreme. That one, what was it, Julie, when he did, like, um, not trying to brag, though, and it was, like, <laughs> showing all his, like, off-white sneakers and his Yeezys, and, like, it's just, and he did one's like, my morning routine, and he goes in his bathroom. It's so cute. It's really wild. There was one, I think he deleted it with North and Penelope. Yeah, yeah that was the cutest. That was on the YBS house. I was on the, yeah. Also, for anybody who follows TikTok, or if you've heard us talk about it, the Hype House is basically the TikTok version of Jake Paul's Team 10 House for YouTube, where it's all these, it's like a content creator hub. No, but what's so crazy is that Charlie D'Amelio, who we always talk about, who has now surpassed 18 million followers on TikTok, her sister Dixie, if you go to their page, the Mason's like Hype House page, Dixie and Addison did a video for them. Like they tagged Dixie. Wait, yeah, wait, and I think Mason's trying to play it off like they're part of that house because Mason comments on it and goes, it's real. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it, and then it's just so funny. Like I think Mason's really trying to make it a thing. But can I also say the craziest thing is that Mason's what, nine? Ten? Ten. Ten. And we're- Have some goddamn respect. No, but I'm just saying we're 25. This is like crazy that- No, Mason's the coolest kid ever. No, no, it's not even that. Yes, but it's not even that. The fact that like- Mason and us are freaking out about the same thing. Like, yeah. Mason probably cares about the state of Charlie D'Amelio and Lily Huddy's relationship, and so do fucking we. I have to tell you, though, honestly, it says a lot more about us than it says about Mason. You're right. <laughs> it also, says a lot more about us. I think it says a lot about TikTok, actually. Me too, that it crosses the generations. It really does. Being a celebrity kid must be so crazy in that Mason is just like, I'm obsessed with David Dobrik, I'm obsessed with TikTok, and Courtney can just be like, okay, sweetie, we're going to have a play date at Uncle David's today, you yeah. know? like. That's the thing about about um, 
you know, because obviously celebrities get a lot of shit, I think, a lot of times for using their connections to get their things, to get their kids things that they don't deserve. We're talking about Felicity Huffman, et cetera, fine. And that, and it totally— Mason deserves this. But this is different because it's like any parent who has the opportunity to introduce their kids to someone as a fan will do that in a heartbeat if they could. And how cool is that for him? Totally. I mean, they did it with Haley Baldwin. Now she's married to Justin. So look what could happen. You never know. Who knows what could happen? You know that? (laughs) You're right. And it's just like fun for Mason. It's just fun for all of us. I'm just so happy it exists. I couldn't, I'm on board. David Dobrik, we are your biggest supporters, truly. Like I, I know I don't even know him. I wish I could give the speech for him winning an award because I think so highly of that guy. Yeah, me too. If anything ever really bad happened with him, I'd be so, no, like if anything bad ever came out, I'd be really so like upset because I think so highly of him. Not putting him on a pedestal, I just think his creative genius and his ability to remain humble through all of it is almost unparalleled. And for him always being such a giving, just nice person who cares about his friends, cares about his family, cares about, like he's not a dick. And I feel like people in that situ- in that position could easily not be great people. He's such a great, like, mushy, nice person that it, no wonder parents, kids, everyone's on board with him. Exactly. Okay, we are about to get into the Megan King, Jim Edmonds situation. But first, I just wanted to touch. This happened so long ago in, in terms of, like, news because things happened so quickly. But we didn't have time to talk about it last week. Or, no, it didn't break when we yeah, recorded no, last week. Yeah, it was right week. after. So, Nikki Tutorials, who is one of the most famous beauty YouTubers— came out in a 17-minute YouTube video last week as transgender. And basically what had happened was she was being blackmailed by these basically evil people saying that they were going to tell the world about her transition. And so she basically came on and said, listen, I was going to tell you guys this when I felt ready. I don't necessarily feel ready, but I want you to hear it from me. And she turned that fear into such power and This was an amazing video. This woman transitioned when she was, by the time I think she said she was 12 or something, she was fully— No, by the time time she was 14, she had started taking hormone. And then by the time that she was 19, she was fully transitioned. She was fully transitioned. Really young still, though. Very young. But even at at a very young age, she started, you know, wearing women's clothes and talking to her parents about it, and they were so supportive. They started the hormone therapy as early as one could, and— I mean, it was shocking. You this you don't really hear about it in this way. You typically hear, you know, people coming out um, like a Caitlyn Jenner when we see the transition, but we never really see someone where we didn't know. At least in, in the media like circuit, I don't think we've heard about that, no. right? No. Yeah, I, it was. Yeah, it was definitely. I don't want to say it's a first, but I think it was definitely surprising that no one had known and. I think something really powerful that she spoke about in it was that it's not like she was ashamed of it or she was trying to keep it a secret. It was more like she knew that once it, once she came out and once she told people, it was like there was always going to be this label attached to her, and she wasn't ready for that to be the thing. And there wasn't, she wasn't ready to have an asterisk next to her name. And you know, the whole, the 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 heartbreaking part of the whole thing is that it wasn't her choice to do this. It was like she was being blackmailed, and she didn't, she wasn't able to do it on her own terms. But the support that came afterwards is unbelievable. I was just going to say her tweet after because her, this, she was trending on Twitter. Everything was so big. She tweeted after, I'll never be able to put into words what these last few days have been in my le- been like. Thank you for accepting me and teaching me that on the other side of fear lies freedom. I love you so unconditionally always. That's such a powerful line. On the other side of fear lies freedom. It's so true. Go, pushing through something when you're fearful is the most liberating feeling. Also, did you see yesterday she posted like, I can't believe I'm saying this, but— about to get on a plane because I'm going on the Ellen show. Oh my God, yeah. 
That's, oh my I God. I can't wait that's to see amazing. that. I'm re- that's amazing. I just, you know, I didn't follow her closely. She followed the account a really long time ago, and I was really excited about that because she's obviously huge and so has such a big following. But I don't really watch those kind of videos on YouTube. I don't really watch makeup videos, with the exception of sometimes Je- uh, Jeffree Star. But I really just had such... We were crying. Yeah, we, we, we watched it together and we were crying. Oh my god, that one part where she says like I think we're going to be okay, mom. I lost it. Oh my god. Oh my god, I, I lost it. We, yeah, we were all sitting there crying. I, we, it happened right after we left yeah. here. Anyway, actually what happened was we were back in my apartment and Julian Isbell went to get food and I I face him I'm like, "Guys, <laughs> Holy fucking Isabel's like, if you watch that video without me, we are in a huge fight. I was like, put it on the screen. It better be waiting. And then we ran home and we watched it. It was so good. Okay. I think that we can end this section, unless there's anything else you want to talk about with with Megan and Jim. No, I I think let's get into it. Okay. Backstory here, of course, we're bringing on Isabel, our Bravo correspondent, is that we've spoken about this story multiple times over the last six months with the whole Megan King, former Real Housewife of Orange County, and Jim Edmonds, her former husband, and also um, professional. professional baseball player. Full honestly, tell me if you agree with this. Unless we had been, if we had not been giving updates on this story, I feel like at this point I would have just given up on it. But because we've been giving such constant updates, this is kind of a really interesting twist of events, and I feel like we just have to talk about it. Even for the 10 people that care, the other people can just fast forward. For the people that care, they fucking care. Yeah, no, and this so is like good it's, it's story. It's like, yeah. You take it away. Okay, so Megan, I guess they announced, this was literally, she, they have three episodes. She started a podcast with Brooke Burke and who was the other? Lila Darville. Lila, yeah, who's a sex and relationship therapist. And they started this podcast um, where, you know, they kind of just talking this. So the third episode came out yesterday. And I had seen, like, there was all these things about Megan talking about this threesome, whatever. So I was like, you know what? I just want to listen to the podcast instead of reading the quotes. And I started playing it, waiting for it to come. And no joke, within the first one minute and 30 seconds, she starts diving into the story. The three women who host the podcast have been together the night before for some podcast awards. And she was like saying, you know, if I seemed a little off last night, this is what happened. So. Do you want me to read this quote? Yes. She says, I found out yesterday that my ex is allegedly having an affair or seeing somebody. Okay, fine. No big deal. Well, fine, right? We're separated. I found this out yesterday. That's why I was feeling so distracted. I knew Jim had this bad boy kind of past, and we were newlyweds, and we were trying to have fun, and he wanted to have a threesome. And I thought about it, and I thought, okay, maybe. Yeah, sure. So we decided to have a threesome, a consensual adult decision with a friend of mine. I felt very comfortable with her. It was just like, okay, if I'm going to do this, this can be with who, and I'm comfortable with that. This was a one-time thing, and over the next few years, I was friends with the girl. But we started to kind of get to know her a little bit better. She then says, On another couple of occasions, Jim and I saw her together, and we were friendly and small-talked, but he wasn't. It was just me. There was just something weird between them, and there was something where they almost acted like I was the one who was out of something. I remember asking, Why were you so weird? And he just had some excuse. Yeah. She also went on to talk about how she always had questions about this woman who she she was driving expensive cars and always had expensive gifts, but she didn't have a, a job. And then she, you know, kind of veered off. Interesting fact, too, is that they bleep out Jim's name every time that they say it, which it just kept— At first, I thought I had another tab open. I'm like, what the fuck is beeping? But it was like, beep, 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 because every time they said his name, I guess, you know, liability, lawsuit, they didn't want her slandering, because it is her side of the story. Um, So she starts kind of going on about how now she found out that he is dating this woman who she, I guess, had become friends with, and they had this this threesome. And she found out sort of through, 
you know, as we've spoke about before, their son, Hart, is having some neurological issues, so he goes to treatment. It's just like a whole mess, and she was kind of shit-talking him how he was choosing to spend time with this woman far away instead of with their kids, instead of putting them to bed at night. And she just was really upset and opened up about the whole thing to these women. Yeah, and basically said, like, in her words, threesome girl is the person that he's dating. And she's like, I was just so thrown off because— you know, I was doing this thing to kind of spice up our marriage. It was totally consensual, but I never expected that she, they were going to then start dating. Do you want to read this part about Cabo? Yeah. And then I have, like, a couple of other things to say. So she goes, I found out that when he goes to Cabo for a birthday party, to my understanding, he takes this girl with him, this threesome girl. I had to confirm that, that when she went shopping with his credit card at a very expensive store, telling all the people that her boyfriend was taking her to Cabo tomorrow, and here's his credit card for all these expensive stores. Never open up to the shop, people. No. They always talk. Exactly. So they're in Cabo right now. This girl, who I thought was my friend, who I cast aside my uncomfortability with threesomes, everything that I had in my head about a threesome being weird and gross because I was fun and I wanted to do things for my husband. And then this girl. And then one of her hosts asked her, do you think that they were having an affair the whole time? And she says, I don't know. I think they've probably had sex more than one time. She says, it sucks. I texted her. I'm okay with people moving on. I'm an adult. We're getting a divorce. But why couldn't she have said to me as a friend? Why couldn't she have said something to me? Why does Jim have to go back to this low-hanging fruit? and just disrespectful on his part. I understand being caught up in a new relationship, but that's the reason you can't stay with your kids for the three nights that you're with us. It's just like so hurtful. It's important to note that throughout all this, she's crying. She's clearly really shaken up. Her co-hosts are kind of, you know, supporting her and and saying like, wow, you're so strong for coming last night and and looking so beautiful and looking the part when you were going through all this. She also continues to talk about how he's such a terrible dad, basically, and how, you know, she, she's like, listen, do whatever you want, but you can't spend one night with your kid. And I listened to the podcast also because Isabel told me to, and I really don't think that you can accurately give a statement about this without listening because the way that she spoke was very different than hearing me read it. Agree. And what I have to say is, I don't know anything about these people. I clearly wish them the best. This was obviously traumatic for all parties involved, and I feel bad for the kids and all of it. That being said, there was something for some reason that rubbed me the wrong way about this podcast, and I can't tell you what it was. I don't know if it was the fact that regardless of what he did, her kids are now going to have to hear her talking about him that and way. And his kids who are and, older, teenagers yeah. and adults. I mean, my, you know, if you ever watch Real Housewives of Orange County— Jim never came across as the nicest guy. And no. I definitely think that he would have been really hard to be married to. Totally. Totally. He's had a couple of wives. It's like, there's no shocker here. I don't see him as like a kind, warm, giving guy. That's my interpretation. I can't say what he's actually like. That being said, and I'm typically really, when Megan wrote that blog post, I was so on board. And I, if she's feeling pain, I feel for her. But I don't know. It just felt, you know what it seemed, Isabel? Performative. Yes. And there's also a level of, you know, obviously we feel this when you're, you forget that you're recording, you're with your friends and you get so deep. And this was, but this was truly like, literally they had no idea. It's the first time they were talking about it. They sat down, she opened up raw as if they were sitting in her bedroom. And there was almost a level of like, okay, is there too far? Like these were her raw first emotions talking about this. She didn't really have time to process it. She didn't have time to collect what she wanted to say and how she wanted to come across about this. It was a little, Like, she didn't know—I didn't know if her goal was, 
talk about how Jim is now not a good parent because technically that's really the that's really her concern now is you know she's not married to him anymore doesn't she in the beginning is saying I don't care who he dates but she really did because then she was saying she was upset that this girl as her quote friend who doesn't seem like it was really her friend just because you have a threesome like she doesn't owe her something she doesn't owe her anything like she doesn't owe her a text like hey I'm you know now I'm hooking up with your ex-husband yeah, yeah, yeah. like then so that was like her vendetta was with the girl and then towards the end she was kind of upset and um you know felt so ashamed about admitting that she had a threesome it was just a little like I get it there's so much going on it was just I didn't really understand her, her like her point in opening like she didn't have a clear guy like path of how she wanted to handle this and what she wanted to talk about and what she wanted to even get why she was speaking out about this on the podcast yeah I mean my thing is I think I Listen, you have to respect someone that speaks their truth like that. A hundred percent. So brave. So brave, really, truly. Even, no matter what it is, to just speak about that, I get it. And I think that that is really brave. And I can only imagine what she's going through because in addition to everything, she, her son is really going through it. I mean, this is no joke, this neurological condition he has. He's in therapy like multiple hours a yeah. day. Treatment is, it's a lot. Like I can imagine how overwhelmed she is. And as a mother and as a woman and as just a human being, I totally get it. And sometimes your message doesn't come across in the best way. Listen, we're all guilty of that. But there was a part of me that felt this sense of almost insincerity or I don't know what it was. It just didn't resonate with me the way I expected it to. Yeah. How I'm we've just been being honest, how of, I've been feeling. We've been feeling a lot of compassion. until, And then this point, it was like a little like, wait, what's going on Right. Here? Like I, if, her, if she's hurting, I feel bad. I don't want her to be hurting. But did you listen, Julie? I didn't listen, but like I read about it, obviously. The thing that I feel like is, and we talk about this a lot, where when it's with celebrities, we're always like, give us so much information. Like, give us everything. Give us everything. And then there are sometimes where, you know, celebrities or figures or whatever talk and we're like, okay, but not that much. Like, take it in. I don't need to know all of it. And I feel like that's just what happened here. Like, she was pouring her raw, raw emotions out. And I think everyone was kind of just like, listen, there's things that you have to deal with that can't include us right now because— you know, if you're going to come on for a podcast, you know, if you're listening to something and you want somebody to come on for a podcast and talk about, you know, their struggles with their kids and their marriage and maybe being a single mom or feeling like they're a single mom, it's kind of like you want to listen for the purpose of seeing a light at the end of the tunnel. Like you're listening for maybe for advice, for whatever. I feel like sometimes when people come on and do these things and you're listening and there's no purpose, like what Isabel was saying, and there was no clear path, then it hits the point where you feel like you're just listening for information, and that somehow feels wrong. Yeah. I felt wrong. That's, yeah, that's I felt like I was hearing something I shouldn't have. And I think she struggles with this. You know, she's learning as she goes also. We don't know. I don't know if someone was threatening to release the information or if he was photographed out with this woman, and she just wanted to give her side of the story. But she alluded to this at the end, too. She's like, you know— when you're on Real Housewives, you're married to a public figure. She, She's like, it's my own fault, too, because she was the one who, with her blog, continued wanting to be in the spotlight. And, you know, when the divorce happened and when her son was diagnosed, she was giving updates and telling people, giving a view into her life. So she's like, she takes the blame of, like, you know, I, I am in the public and I do feel like that's why I have to—she's just— She's struggling to find the balance of what needs to be put out to the public as like a statement or giving her side versus what she just has to deal with on her own. And like you said, at the end of the day, what her kids are going to end up hearing. Yeah, I don't know. I just, what I will say though, is that I can't imagine how like stressful and awful it must feel like to have, 
you know, young children, to have a child with a neurological disorder, and to feel like you're doing it entirely by yourself. And I think this is— With everyone watching. With everyone watching in one of, like, the like such a highly publicized and messy and awful divorce and all of these things coming out that— I just imagine that for her, it's like, I just need somebody to listen. Totally, totally. And I get that. And I, I really and that's, do. That's the only nice thing about this position is now maybe people who've been in similar situations will reach out to her and she'll connect with, you know, an audience. It's so powerful. Yeah, totally. It was just, it was an interesting listen. I got to be honest. Totally interesting. Also, she spoke a little bit about the whole idea of threesomes in general and feeling, you know, ashamed. And I, I was happy to hear the other co-hosts kind of dispel that in the sense of like, this was a fully consensual thing and sexual freedom is amazing. And if you, you know what I mean? Like you should do not, what makes you happy. Do what makes you happy. Do it. If it's good for your marriage, if you do whatever you want to do and you want to feel comfortable with, you should not feel ashamed. And I'm, I'm the biggest believer in that. Like, I don't care how taboo it may sound to someone else. If you and your partner are two consenting adults that feel good about spicing things up, if it's the weirdest fucking thing in the world, go for it. It's no one else's it's business. It's no one else's business what happens in your bedroom. Truly. Totally agree. Okay, so I want to talk cookware for a second because I haven't told you guys about this company and I recently tried their products and I fully understand the hype now. So they're called Great Jones and they make really high quality, thoughtfully designed cookware that also happens to be beautiful. Like I know it's kind of a weird way to describe cookware, but you'll see what I mean when you go on the website. In terms of colors, they have your classic black and white, but they also have pinks, greens, yellows, blues, just like really vibrant, fun colors. And everything is non-toxic. So they have, you know, Dutch oven, ceramic dishes, non-stick sheet pans. Everything is non-toxic to me. That's huge. And we all know, like, I'm not the biggest cook, but I have my staples. And I got originally from them the Fry family, which is the eight and 10 inch ceramic non-stick pans. And they're just great. I got them in the white because that matches the best with my kitchen. I love cooking on them. And I also, I know, again, it sounds kind of weird, but I love the way they look in my kitchen. And the thing is, once you get these, you're going to want to get them for your friends. So they make incredible gifts for weddings, housewarming parties, birthdays, whatever occasion you need. It's a great gift. Upgrade your kitchen and replace those old rusted hand-me-downs with bold, beautiful, long-lasting pieces from Great Jones. Get started today at greatjones.com and get an extra 15% off your first order with promo code CBC. That's greatjones.com, promo code CBC. So... Best clapback, we only had one nominee and it was actually happened on our post. So we posted the Chrissy Teigen roundup and someone comments, I don't really know how to describe these letters. It's the mix of lowercase and uppercase letter that are meant to say like, ooh, that's how, it meant to, that's how it's meant to sound, right? You do that voice again? Uh, shut up. So someone's <laughs> comments, oh my God, so quirky and relatable in these lines. And she responds, oh, so private and predictable. I, I loved it. I just loved every second of it. We posted it. Of course. There's nothing better than a Chrissy clapback, and there's nothing better than when it happens on our post on a Chrissy roundup. Yeah. Okay, the two nominees for funniest comment were Cole Sprouse and Brooklyn Decker. So Dylan Sprouse posted a picture of him and Cole. They must have been, I don't know, 14 at the time. And Looking nothing alike, may I add. <laughs> and he writes, uh, you see these two dudes in a dark alley. What are you doing? And Cole responds, charging them 50 for a gram. So So good. good. And the other one was Brooklyn Decker, which was on our post of Steph Shep commenting on the picture of Jen and Brad in all capitals saying, I'm not okay. And she comments, is that a finger under a lapel in relation to Jen on Brad? I loved that one. Two nominees on our post. A little cocky That's of us crazy. today. I didn't even notice that. Yeah, it's crazy. I'm telling you though, Julie, the celebrities that are the more engaged and more willing to engage with our content, I think, like it's not even about us liking them better. I genuinely think that it, presents more of a positive public image because it makes them feel like they're in with everybody else. Yeah, they're in on they're the joke. They're not above it. Yeah. 
Totally. You know, I really, I, I really appreciated that. Okay, moving on. Did to, we say a winner there? Oh, sorry. The winner the was Cole, Cole Sprouse. Right? I'm, yeah. yeah, so congratulations. As voted on by our Patreon. Yes, congratulations to Cole Sprouse and Chrissy Teigen. You will see them on our stories. Okay, moving on to the Kardashian recap. The first thing that we wanted to say is Simon Huck and his longtime boyfriend, now fiance, Phil, got engaged over the weekend in Montauk. It was, oh my God. Little cuties. I'm so happy for them. I'm so happy for them. Simon's place, really both of their place, has been Montauk. They have this house there and they went out, which I mean is freezing in New York now. They went out on the beach. Simon set it up to say, you better say yes. Got down on one knee and he proposed to him. And I don't know, our hearts are just bursting for them. I could not be happier. Same. We've really gotten to know them and they are just as kind as I think you would think. Like Simon's presence has always been portrayed as such a nice guy and getting to know him, he really is that way. Oh my God. So He's thoughtful. really a sweetheart. Yeah. I just could not be happier for them. Congratulations, you guys. You deserve all of the happiness. Also, we got the first look at Kim's prison reform documentary coming out on Oxygen. I cannot wait to watch this. Obviously, same. This is one I'll watch. Oh my God. Well, I mean, first of all, you have to. Yeah. It's your job. Yeah. Second of all, I'm just, I'm just so excited for her and it, everything she does and all of, like, you know what I mean? Everything that's happening for her and everything she's doing, she's so deserving of it for the amount of work that she puts in and everything that she's devoted to, to this. And the whole beauty of this documentary is that it's not about her. It's about, first of all, this is now going to reach such a, a wider audience than what she's been doing. It's all about, for her, I think it's all about not only helping these people and getting them out of prison and, and you know, helping to fix prison reform. It's also about just the awareness and people understanding and knowing what the issues are. So, you know, obviously we've seen so much criticism, you know, she's using it as um, a publicity, whatever. And it, it, you just can't put this amount of work into something and go to law school and all these things. And I know I say this so repeatedly, but you just can't if this was for the publicity. And I feel like, this is kind of her time to really show that. Listen, the good PR doesn't hurt, obviously, but she clearly is very committed to this issue. And if you learn anything about the criminal justice system in our in our country, you would be interested too. Like you would feel, there are some documentaries that you watch or some people that you go to watch speak and you're just like, wow, I have to get involved. And that happened for her. And like like you said, if so what if it's, if it's uh, maybe there's, you know, a part of it that's for the good PR aspect of it. She's bringing the awareness. And for that, I just- think it's amazing. Really. Yeah. I'm not, listen, we're not one to look for reasons to bash celebrities in general. And I know that we typically are, you know, big fans of the Kardashians. That being said, I, I'm, I'm sorry, in all of this, I'm not looking for the couple potentially negative things about it. I'm just not. I think it's amazing. I think it's, I, I think if you're looking for the bad in this, then you're looking for the bad in general and it doesn't matter what she does. Exactly. But another thing that she said was she's, she, she, you know, she makes it a point to say, listen, I'm raising four black kids. Anything that I'm talking about in this documentary and the inequalities in the justice system and and all of that stuff could happen to my kids. She's like, it is personal. It's not just that I found a passion project and then I'm going to law school because I'm so passionate about it. She's like, there's personal aspects to this too. Absolutely. Also, Stormy, <laughs> I literally was about to say Stormy announced. Kylie announced the Stormy collection that is launching on February 1st in celebration of Stormy's second birthday. And in it, Two things. First off, the photo shoot was just beyond. Oh my God. Kylie looked like a, a fairy almost, like just a beautiful fairy is the way that I would yeah. describe it. It was like a so magical and Stormy couldn't have looked cuter. And I thought this was so funny is that in her, I don't know if it was in her caption or in her story, she was like, 
ever since I got pregnant, I knew I was so excited about this moment. And I was like, that is Kris Jenner's daughter. Like you get pregnant and you're excited about the lipstick collection you're going to name after your daughter. I mean that with no shade, like genuinely. Yeah, no, like, genuinely. Wow. Yeah. Yep. You know what I mean? I had that same thought too. It was so funny. I have to be honest, like clearly they're doing something right. Cause these things always sell out and it's a billion dollar business, but and I, I don't really use Kylie Cosmetics just because I'm so, like, what I use is just the stuff that I use, and I don't really stray from that. That being said, if you're a, an active Kylie Cosmetics wearer, how much shit could you buy? How many collections are you going to buy? It's like, how do people afford to buy all this stuff? If you're buying every single one, it's so much stuff. Well, what I think, you know, it is, is that a lot of these are limited edition collections and people, first of all, love to have it just because of that. And second of all, it's like, okay, I didn't get the first time, I'll cop this one. Like, I didn't get that one, I'll get this one. Also, a lot of people will buy them in bulk and then resell sell them for when they go out. So there's a lot of, like... I don't know, but they always sell out. They always, and it's not even like they sell out eventually. It's like post sell out. Yeah, it's, it's so true. It's unbelievable. I mean, you have to you you have to respect somebody whose entire business model is these collections that sell out every single time. It's, she knows what she's doing. She wouldn't be making you know limited edition stormy collections. That's what if I'm they saying. Weren't gonna sell out. She knows exactly what she's doing. I just would love to be in the mind of someone who's buying every single one because that is some serious commitment. Also, in speaking of adorable baby's birthdays, it was Chicago's second birthday. And this was super under, like way less over the top than any of the other ones. They kind of had just a pink like mini cake, in, but it was it was very, great. Very Chicago. She's very subtle. She's so very understated. Yeah. Understated. She doesn't need a lot to make her happy. She just wanted a pink mini cake. And you know what? She got herself a damn pink mini cake. God. I mean, you know, I, I yeah. stan. I am a Chicago stan. We there all is no are. one cuter. Also... I want to say that we were about to announce that Skims is now in Nordstrom's, which is amazing. But I want to make a personal announcement because I don't think I said this earlier. Are you in Nordstrom's? <laughs> no, but I bought the Skims pajamas. They are worth the hype. I swear on my life we are not getting paid for this. I fucking wish we were. It's $128 for the set. And I bought one just to see. I'm talking about the regular cotton pajamas. These pants, I'm wearing them right now are the most comfortable pants I have ever owned. They're elastic waistband. They're not drawstring, which I fucking love because I hate when you put drawstring in the washing machine and it takes it out and then you're like, where the fuck is this string? It's so soft. It's, I, I, could, I could not speak more highly of a product. I bought four pairs since. Do you know that? I bought four sets since I, I bought the first I one. I know that. Yeah, I They're do. They're amazing. I, I, wanna re- I really want to try the, like, the actual skims though. Me too. I haven't yet. They're, again, talk about sold out. Yeah, Thank these, God they're going in Nordstrom. I know, I know. I'm telling you, though, if you're debating buying the set, I really personally am a huge advocate for that pajama set. Yeah. Comfortable, worth it. Right? Thank you so much for that personal endorsement. No problem, anytime. I think Kim will be really happy to hear it. I know, I wish Kim could hear it. Wait, something hilarious, something hilarious, two things. First off, this just happened um, right as we started recording, so we can't talk about it now. We'll upload a voice onto Patreon about uh, Kylie's Ask Me Anything with Kim. Oh my God, I'm so excited to go home I'm and watch. I'm so excited to watch, but did you see someone on Twitter? Like Kylie was like, or Kim tweeted like, doing our, uh, me and Kylie about to go into the studio to record and ask me anything. Send us your questions. And someone responds, do you listen to the comments by Celebs Podcast? I was like, whoever you are, I fucking yeah, love you, are, you. You ride or die. Yeah, you are ride or die. Right? Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> that is, they don't, but. But could, just the fact that someone thought to ask that but is thank so you thoughtful. For asking, yes. Exactly. Anything else you want to add? I don't think so. 
I feel good. Busy week. Busy week. A lot going on. And guys, next week, next Monday, we're doing our bonus show as the Grammys recap. Same thing as last as this week. Oh, I can't wait for the Grammys. Oh, I cannot wait. And then we have Heather DeBose episode, which is going to come out at some point. Just a lot happening. But we love you guys. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being on this journey with us. And I don't know. I'm just feeling really good about this year. Good. Love you. Let's talk about baby making for a second because it's really not as simple as it's made out to be, meaning there's just factually a lack of knowledge surrounding how to get pregnant. And kind of, you know, for many of us, we spend our lives trying to prevent unwanted pregnancy that when you do want to conceive, there's almost a lack of understanding and resources, which is why I want to introduce you to Free to Fertility. Free to Fertility is the only one-stop shop that makes it easier to make a baby with a set of solutions for everything from egg and sperm health to ovulation tracking to conception aid. And basically what Frida is doing is simplifying the journey to parenthood with products that help you go from trying to making a baby. And their products are innovative, easy to use, accessible, from ovulation prediction to at-home insemination kits. They're kind of revolutionizing the conception aid game with the at-home insemination kit, which is almost, you can think of it as like a modern effective solution to the turkey baster. This is baby making simplified. Find Free to Fertility on Amazon, Target, and select CVS near you.